Oh, hey. Well, cheers. Cheers, man. Blink, dink. <laughs> there it is. I don't think my dog likes that. She's not happy. <laughs> Doesn't like your theme song? Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to Sippin' Mimos. I'm Elliot. I'm Jake. <laughs> this is the podcast where we talk about uh, 90s radio rock and 90s electronica while sipping beverages, often mimosas. But I think you got something different today. What do you got? I'm going uh, with a margarita tonight. Oh, fancy. I've just got a, I've got a beer and then a ranch water, water on deck. What do you think That's about like, those? What do you think about those ranch waters? What do you think about those? Um, I've been I've been <laughs> moving away from beer because it makes me like, blech. and then um, so I've been moving my way through that seltzer world, which is all so trendy now, and like, white claws are gross. Don't like those anymore because they're nasty. Then like I jumped onto uh, you know, local Austin Eastsiders seltzer line, which was pretty good, yeah. and then tried like the Bishop ciders that make, they make a uh, cool like um. Like this, they make this one called the dark side, or and then a, a crackberry that's called oh, for yeah, fun. You, I remember you telling me about the crackberry, but they, it's like really tart and sweet. And then I found the ranch water guys, and it's just right. And they've got like a spicy one that's like really good Ooh, with, with like a little spicy. like jalapeno cayenne thing going on. It's, it's quite nice. So I've been on, I've been on that kick. I'm a big fan of ranch water, um, um particularly the spicy one. You put a little like, uh, yeah, uh, you, you like. It's like some like tahin from like H-E-B or your, your grocery store. It's like oh, chili the, powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little spicy salt stuff. Woo! I tried those, uh, talking about seltzers, I tried the um, Topo Chico seltzer recently. <gasps> I can't find it anywhere. How was it? It was very good. I Ooh. I enjoyed it. Um, I have to, I'm, I'm right, kind of right there with you with the White Claws. I mean, I don't mind them. They're not my favorite. I feel like yeah. it has a little bit more flavor. It has like the perfect amount of flavor that I like. Um, we we poured them in over ice and just I had the mango and the pineapple, oh, uh, which are really good. And uh, my girlfriend had strawberry guava, which strawberry guava. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That was pretty. Put a good. little put a little spiciness on that one. And then, yeah. Now you're talking. Uh, where'd you get them from? Your shop or like did you go out and find them? Uh, uh from our H E B. Okay. Yeah, she did. She did a curbside. Oh, a curbside. How about that? Um, very good. And but also, I'm also kind of obsessed with diet cola these days. <laughs> well, okay. What kind of diet colas are you into? Like, um, just like uh, the generic, just cola. Okay. Like, I'm just. I'm obs- I'll, Like, I'll go through like two, three cans a day, man. Oh boy, you gotta watch your aspartame. I know. Or whatever. Like- well, st- stevia or whatever is supposed to be okay for you, right? Or what's the one that's not so bad? Stevia, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, we're, yeah. Sh- we're showing our age right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what sugar substitute do you prefer, Jake? Welcome back okay. to Leverage Your Beverage. With leverage Your Beverage! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. New segment. <laughs> um, but, man... Uh, it's been it's been it's been a minute since we've recorded. I, uh, yeah. I apologize about that. I've just been working on um, the final stretch of um, my graduate school project. We're almost there. Yes, awesome. Um, no worries. But a lot of cool things have uh, transpired in the world of the Mimos. The yeah, the Mimo CU. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I love that. 
I'm just yeah. like, I'm coming out. I'm coming out hot with the puns. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so would you, would you like to, would you like to share some of the fun things that we've had going on? <laughs> oh, well, one, I guess, first off, we're on Apple. Uh, that, yeah. We're Apple certified and certified. We're Apple status. So everyone out there, uh, subscribe and spread it around or leave i guess if you leave comments or stars or whatever the hell it boosts us up in the, the dumb thing bah, but whatever just subscribe so we can thrust ourselves into your phone every every time we put out a new one just do that subscribing you know it'll be fun uh if, if you do decide to leave a comment tell us your favorite 90s music why not yeah and like uh yeah leave a, your favorite 90s album and then like ask us a question or something like that and we'll and we'll read your shit on the show and the other thing, which uh, it's been been a couple months, but pretty pretty exciting, uh, we're officially on Instagram. Yes, we launched our gram, our <sighs> IG. So everyone subscribe to that. It's a lot of fun. That's sipping Mimos Pod. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely give us a follow. Um, it's where we will we'll post a lot of like um, a lot of selfies, uh, a lot of bathroom selfies. Uh, no. <laughs> No, we're not doing that. Okay, we're not doing that. No, a lot, of, a lot of show, a lot of nineties related material. Um, yeah, and you, and just it's it's another, it's another step. You know, I feel like Ellie and I were very excited to to take uh, with this project. So definitely, uh, Apple Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Sip Memos Pod, follow yeah. and enjoy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and the rule is, every anytime you or I have a mimosa, we have to take a picture and put it on the sipping mimo's gram that's the rule yeah okay don't don't forget i mean we we signed that contract that said (laughs) over with (laughs) yeah it was pretty ironclad too i had all my (laughs) lawyers look at it um what else is new man just getting through getting through the semester you've been um watching or listening to anything good lately oh boy um yeah I forget what we talked about last, but I oh, I'm watching plenty of stuff. I saw Godzilla versus Kong. I watched the whole Snyder cut in an evening. Um, yeah, that, that's of note. Oh, and of course, WandaVision wrapped up. And um, uh, at the time of recording, we're about to get the finale of um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Have you been watching that? I have. Um, and I love it. <laughs> I think it's 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 pretty it's pretty intense, man. But oh boy, those guys are just they're so handsome, and I and I fucking love Zemo. I think he's kind of hilarious. Uh, that the guy, <laughs> it's um, it's like Brule, Daniel Brule or something like that. Yeah, uh, I'm from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Oh, he's so good, and of course, he's, Civil War and all that. Yeah, he's just he's so even though he's playing like he's playing like a you know, really bad villain you know has done some like awful things like he's just like oh man yeah. you're just so dang likable yeah you know? <laughs> well he's like charming and funny and they get to kind of make fun of like how evil he is he's like he's there he's doing the help to head tilt thing again and like making that doing that voice like it's so funny uh, i i love when they were they were flying on his on his jet and it's the i think it's like an al green record and he's like did you oh yeah to, did you listen to <laughs> hey, it man. and he's like it is very good if you listen to it. It really encapsulates the experience of the African American. And he's like, 
<laughs> you shouldn't say it, but he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, Falcon's like, he's out of line, but he's, he's correct. Like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Just in uh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan? Yeah. No, oh, no. man. They just, they work. They, they play off so well together. It's, they got a whole like lethal weapon thing going on. It's really yeah. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, <laughs> talk about Anthony Mackie. We did a rewatch of Eight Mile a couple weeks Whoa, ago. Whoa, yeah, yeah. He's the he's the bad guy rapper in Eight Mile. <laughs> he's Papa Doc. Papa Doc. Okay, sorry. <laughs> he went to Cranbrook. That's a private school, you know. Yeah. All right. That's a private school. Uh, every once in a while, I'll just pop on that final battle, like on YouTube or whatever. It's so insane. When Eminem, dude. Once upon a time, like winter of two thousand two. I had serious dreams of being like a rapper and tell me you've got some recordings somewhere. Uh, I, you know, voice hadn't dropped yet. There's somewhere on like a cassette tape. I would listen to that rap battle, like on repeat. Yeah. uh, And just be like, and like learn all, learn all Eminem's lines. Everyone in the three, one, three, throw your hands up with me. That's so great. Oh man. No, no, notice as he stands tough, notice that this man did not have his hands up. It's up. Oh. And, like, ah. yeah, and he just tells him how shitty his life is and raps about it. And he's like, now tell these people something you don't, they don't know about me. He's oh, like, it's great. And he's like, sup? And he, everyone's like, you know, Ooh, you know yeah. taunting him. He just hands the mic to uh, Makai like, Pfeiffer. And, oh, yeah. so. He's like, fine, I guess I'll just go be an Avenger now. Yeah. And that's, and that's when he got his wings and started jogging with steve rogers i love i love that like alternate universe though he's like walking out of the club and they're like papa doc and he's like it's sam sam wilson and then there's like <laughs> yeah i remember that scene yeah yeah <laughs> deleted eight mile scene <laughs> no I, you have to watch that to the credits sam jackson shows up like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like you fought hard in there you know you still up for a fight and then <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know it's even cooler than being a rapper in Detroit. Uh, going to Wakanda to fight Ultron, <laughs> or sorry, well, yeah, or uh, Sokovia. So. Uh, oh man. Um, oh, I, I went and saw Paul Oakenfold. Tell me all about it. <laughs> so we're we're here in Austin, of course, and all these weirdo celebs keep moving here. Like we got we got Elon Musk here now. Uh, Joe Rogan moved here, and. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Bropra, they call him. Bropra. <laughs> Same form of Oprah for bros. Uh, he's like, it's like a douchebag goop, you know, like the Gwyneth Paltrow thing. Like, <laughs> he's just selling like creatine shakes and nonsense. Whatever. But he moved here. I think, I'm pretty sure Dave Chappelle's moving here. Um, but then also... Dave Paul Chappelle? Oakenf- well, he's here like every other week doing shows and stuff. Yeah. I think he's buddies with Rogan and... He might be making it because he's like, this is a Chappelle, like famously live in Ohio or some shit. Yeah, like on like a, like a farm, like in like rural Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, Paul Oakenfold moved here. And, and Paul Oakenfold, we've talked about him before, I think on the BT episode. Um, and he's like, you know, he's like one of the biggest superstar DJs ever. And just for funsies, apparently, he decided he wanted to DJ or arrange to DJ at the, uh, the new Austin rugby team opening. Um, so my, me and my brother, who uh, was um, was very much an influence on my on me getting into electronic music back in the day, he's a big 
Oakenfold fan and a big rugby guy. So like, of course, we made it like a bros night out and like go to the game. And then after the game, which was insane, by the way, it's just, it's like a really intense football slash soccer thing, but there's no pads and they're just like shattering their collarbones against each other. It's bonkers rugby guys. It's crazy. Uh, and then Oakenfold plays after the, um, the game and like, and people, everyone leaves. And we, so I ended up seeing Oakenfold with like 30, 40 people, like just in the bleachers or whatever. And, and but also of course me and my brother got to meet them and take a little photo and all that. It was wild. Did you, were you starstruck? No. Cause, uh, well, I mean, no, but, uh, no, I'll say no. <laughs> well, he was just, cause he's just kind of wandering around and like, um, my brother was getting a beer or, or like they made a, uh, you know, one of a kind like Oakenfold rugby t-shirts. So I'm like, we oh, have to get cool. We like, if it's not, if it's not burnt orange, we have to get it. Cause remember <laughs> sipping Mimo fans buy the t-shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag buy the t-shirt um, buy the t-shirt so i've got a cool like paul oakenfold uh you know um austin whatever they're called green green grommels well whatever it's some stupid name um but he was just wandering around and like um and i'm like paul paul I, to, my brother's name paul and i'm like paul <laughs> which got confusing in a second in the story because like he, he's just like wandering around like saying hi to folks and like uh, you know, taking selfies and shit. And my brother's not the kind of guy that I don't think he gives a shit about taking a photo with Paul Oakenfold. But I'm just like, hey, Paul Oakenfold. Hey, this is my brother. We're big fans. Can we come on? Can we come on? Like, take it. Come on. And then, like, uh, of course, we, you know, I hand my phone to the uh, one of his, um, one of Oakenfold's lady friends that we were chatting up a second ago. And she had some stories. <laughs> But bless her heart, she was like, kuh, 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 and I like, took like 20 photos of my brother and I just chilling with Oakenfold, which was great. So that was fun, man. What a cool night. And uh, so he played a set and um, it wasn't like your average. Well, I don't even know because he he plays to the room. And like, so it was very much a sporting event mix. Like he's playing the, you know, the kind of dance hits you would hear at a uh, hockey hockey uh, game or, um, you know, <laughs> or I, guess, I suppose a rugby match. Like, so playing the hits. So um, I think I was texting you at the time. Like he's playing so many songs we've already talked about on Nemo's um, closed with sandstorm. And of course, fireworks erupt when it drops and all this. Uh, um, he played, he played Daft Punk around the world. Um, and he played uh, the, uh, the song from Blade, the bloodbath one. And I started, I swear to God, he almost called you. I was like, Get a load of this, man! Like, cause, uh, oh man, <laughs> I was losing my mind. It was great. It was great. You remember that new blade sound you've been talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Get a load of this! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> man, that's that awesome, was, man. Yeah, that was it. Was crazy fun. Crazy, crazy fun. It, it, uh, up in the bleachers that were pretty much empty behind us because we're like, you know, just moved up to the front, and my and some friends of mine were there. Uh, we're all hanging out and you know dancing, having a good time. I was feeling it. I was just losing my mind. And then I look up and like up at the top of the beaches are these 12 dudes in gray hoodies, all like matching gray hoodies. So I'm like, and they looked a little intimidating, but I'm like, I'm feeling good. Oakenfold's playing. I just saw a bunch of bros like beat the shit out of each other. I'm full of confidence. I'm going to go up there and talk to them. So I'm like, I walk up the bleachers. I'm like, hey guys, 
What the fuck are you doing here, man? Are you digging this? Isn't this great? Look at this light show. Look at fucking Oakenfold. Isn't that awesome? I hope he plays Three Drives and Vinyl by Grease 2000. And then they're all like, uh, we're at a bachelor party. And then I'm like, I'm like, who's? And of course, the guy at the very end is like, did you say Three Drives and Vinyl by Grease 2000? I'm like, I sure fucking did. Are you getting married? Congratulations, bro. Woo! Like, come on down and dance with us. <laughs> So he had this dude um, was getting married and for his bachelor party, he's a big Oakenfold fan. He's like, I've seen him and I saw him in 05. I saw him in 06. I went to Ibiza in 09 and saw him there. Like he's like, listen off all his <laughs> Oakenfold adventures. And like, I'm like, wow, this, this dude knows his shit. Uh, it was, it was a goddamn blast, but all his buddies were like, I don't know what this is. We drove 40 minutes out of town and they had to go 40 minutes back to get to like the bars and stuff to continue the party. Uh, but it was, it was hilarious and a blast. That's so awesome, was, man. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, gentle listener, if you ever get a chance to go to a show with, with Elliot, I would jump at it because <laughs> it, it's not not only are you, not only are you like, you know, getting to see a band perform, but you're also, you know, spending it with like one of the most like lively people and enjoyable people I've ever known. I remember one time. We were watching a 90s tribute band, um, mm-hmm. Highball, here in town. And, oh, I remember that night. And I was in, I, I had gone, I got there a little early, and there was a line <laughs> to get in. And and you got in maybe about 10, 15 minutes after me. And you were like, oh, man, I love this song. And it was like lit, my worst enemy. Like that. We'll probably talk about it eventually. And uh, and you're like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a drink. And you go to the bar, but then, then all of a sudden, I hear you over the band, like, oh no, like, I'm that singing, loud. and yeah. like you're moving through the crowd, but it's like you're not walking; you're like floating you're just, like, through the crowd. And I was just, like, <laughs> "That's one of my best buddies right there." And you're just like, "Yeah,", yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. I was playing some old episodes of the Spinners. I was playing. Um, do you remember when we did the fin- the season one finale at Gordo's and that that like. 10 year old jumped up on stage and and read a poem yeah she's like a poem thing and we and we freestyle out a song for her about getting vaccinations which is that's what, on point how about that uh, which is uh yeah important these days i need to i need to share that track uh <laughs> that's when we yeah. did our uh our jam we did on the and ruben sang and oh as the band yeah yeah, as the house band. Yeah, yeah. Well, we improvised like nine songs that night. It was insane. But then we had our own little solo thing. I, I definitely miss jamming with you guys. when it was. Oh, my God. Forget it. I'm dying. Uh, I've been behind a kit in a long time. Just like an incredible all-around musician. Uh, our good friend Anthony is just mm-hmm. insanely gifted. And, yeah. and, of course, Elliot and I. But, man, mm-hmm. we kind of had this thing where – where I remember the first time I saw you guys at, at Gordo's up here and if you're ever in town, Gordo's, it's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's where, it's where uh, Elliot and I met. Um, yeah. But uh, it was a, it was a quiet night and not a lot of people had shown up to open mic. And so y'all just like jammed. And I remember being like, are y'all in a band? And, and y'all were just like, no, we just kind of hang out here and play. And I was like, I got to be friends with these guys. Like <laughs> I got to be friends with, these three dudes there's there's eventually there's going to be a little like bronze plaque on the side of gordo's like this is where sip and mimos kind of began 
yeah. and it'll it'll become a historical Austin landmark, and they won't be able to tear it down or whatever, or turn it into I, condos. <laughs> I, yeah. I like that idea, man. I, you know, uh, this is where uh, the, the the multi conglomerate uh, <laughs> powerhouse <laughs> network. Yeah, this the podcast that changed the world. <laughs> By looking backwards and at all of old music, <laughs> I tell you, man. One, one thing, one thing I've I've been telling um, my girlfriend is like once, once, once can comfortably like I, I I will never pass up an opportunity to play an open mic or or go see a show or go jam or anything. Yeah, we're well, we're on our way out of this thing. It seems to be, uh, you know. Everyone's eligible for the vax. So everyone go out there and get it if you're listening. Um, and if you're not dead yet, go get the goddamn vaccination. <laughs> I went to listen to our uh, this band is real vaccinations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vaccinate your children, I think it's called. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so ready to get out there again. So <laughs> absolutely. The more people that get it, the more the closer we are to jamming out and all having a good time together again. And then we could potentially do like a first ever Sip Mimos live show. Oh, that's the dream. That's the dream right there. We've been yeah. doing, a, we did a rewatch of Mighty Ducks 1 and D2 Mighty Ducks. D2? Okay. Do you remember those movies? Sure, of course. Oh, man, Emilio Estevez just, just, just getting Emilio! into, getting into where's, straight. <laughs> where's he been? He, well, he, they, they did that. Um, I think he did, he directed a lot of stuff. And they did that like Mighty Ducks TV show for Disney. Is that out yet? Mm-hmm. Have you have you peeped it? I haven't watched it yet. We have to watch D three, which I'm not too crazy about. Because <laughs> what's because you might get might be totally lost with the Mighty Ducks <laughs> TV show. <laughs> I I don't know if Joshua if Joshua Jackson doesn't show up for that TV show. Oh, he has to. And Keenan, right? Keenan Thompson from SNL. Oh, Keenan was isn't he Knuckle Puck? Yeah. Dude, and yeah. it's so it's okay because he's I love Keenan Thompson. He's just he's like the best part of Saturday Night Live and has been for like the past like decade. He's just I know he's like eleven years or twelve years. Old. It's crazy. But he's so young in that D two Mighty Ducks, and he's like he hasn't hit he hasn't had like a growth spurt yet, like that he had like on all that. And so all that yeah. he's so young, and I'm just like wow. And um, but it's good, and it's one of my favorite all time favorite characters in any movie like talking star wars to uh uh fulton reed played by uh, elgin hansen from um he played the guy who gets decapitated in idle hands with seth green <laughs> okay uh, that's foggy hey, Nelson. Wait. all right listeners help me out i think that's the 18th time idle hands has come up on the show uh I'm I'm just planting the seeds for our next Halloween bonanza because we're gonna watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds fine to me. <laughs> what are we oh trying? boy! It's uh yes, Eldon Hansen. I think I said Elgin a second ago. Sorry, sipping memos. Um, he uh he's Fulton Reed, the tough guy, and uh, he can't skate. Oh, so good. But you mentioned you mentioned the movie you'd watched. Uh, a second ago and before we dive into our albums uh mm. would like to chit chat about it um so i guess the question is do you 
still have butterflies from Godzilla versus Kong? Oh, I was hoping we were going to talk about Snyder Cut. Um, <laughs> we can talk about Snyder Cut. <clears throat> no, it's fine. <laughs> um, Godzilla versus Kong. It was Godzilla versus Kong. So good. How does how does Kong stay on the boat when he's jumping up and down on it and shit? Like, doesn't the, don't those things rock? Like, are those boats that stable? Like the shipping boats. Like, can a giant gorilla jump up and down on them and like fight a fight Godzilla without them tipping over? I think I think you just you just kind of have to just turn off. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I figured that was the answer. Yeah. Watch uh, it with my sister, and my sister was like. Wait, so they're going to the center of the universe in that that spaceship? Why isn't Kong dying? I'm just like, just, just turn Shut off. up! <laughs> just turn off the little switch and just watch the watch the monkey fight the fight the iguana. <laughs> like, and it, it takes them about four minutes to get to the center of the earth from Earth from the surface. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Okay, I, I, I don't mind turning my brain off like that. It's fine. It, um. <laughs> was still, I mean, the fights were fun. The axe was cool, and Mechagodzilla was cool, of course. Oh, spoilers! Sorry, they were pretty careful about not letting anyone know about Mechagodzilla. Yeah. What did you think of that Snyder cut? Did you watch it? I did. You did. I, um, I watched it in in an afternoon. Yeah, I, I did as well. Yeah, afternoon and evening. I took a those little act breaks are kind of perfect because I'm like, okay, I can step outside, make a phone call, whatever, make a sandwich, come back to it. Um, it's better than uh, what they're now calling Justice League. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a burn. That poor, I mean, oh, poor guy, fuck him, I guess. Um, what, is, what a fall from grace Joss Whedon's had the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it's, you know, a four-hour long Justice League movie. Um, it's It's pretty close to the same storyline ish it just makes it a little better it gives it room to breathe and like um i mean it's got cooler moments like uh you know cyborgs more in it which is great he's got more of an arc yeah. um the the introduction of flash is great because he's got that amazing um car accident sequence when he grabs the hot dog midair yeah <sighs> which is <laughs> but it's still like it's still so very odd and it, it's still like I still have, you know, my issues story-wise with it. Like, I just don't, I don't like that Batman recruits everyone. He should be the one that shows up last minute, like Hulk and, and Avengers. He should be the one that begrudgingly joins the league because he doesn't, because he works alone, man. He's fucking Batman. It's, it's odd to me that he's, he would be the one to form the team. I don't know. Um, but that's, you know, weird. why would they do a Death of Superman thing after the second movie? And, and when... It was clear that like everyone, mostly everyone, kind of hated him, and why are we why are we mourning him and all this? Um, I don't know. It's so it's it's weird, but it was better. What do you think of uh, that ep- epilogue with uh, Jared Leto and and the nightmare sequence and all that? And we saw, we heard Batman say "fuck." Yeah. Um, it was some, it was interesting. Um, it was neat to. I, I I'm all for like you know tying you know, tying different movies and stories together. So it was kind of neat, like, bringing that, like, Joker from the Suicide Squad into 
this universe. So it's kind of, so you think about the Suicide Squad and um, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, which I loved. Um, mm-hmm. That that all is happening in the same Schne- uh, Snyder universe, which I, I like stuff like that. I like thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was neat. It was it was neat to see uh, uh, death, death death Deathstroke Deathstroke yeah um, it was neat to see him uh, uh, it, yeah I mean visually <laughs> I mean it was uh, your voice went too high yeah and that's like uh, apologetically into it I guess <laughs> I, I liked when I liked when they brought Superman back uh, I liked that. It's way when, better this in this version, right? Yeah. yeah. When he when he looks and he sees the Flash thinks he's like getting one up on Superman, like he's gonna run around him. But oh yeah. He, Superman sees him. Well, that was like, in that's scary. That, that, that was in the original cut too. Oh yeah, I never saw I never saw the original one. Oh really? So, yeah. So I, I I'm kind of oh. I should watch it just to just to. Ah, don't worry about it. You saw the better version. You're better. You're fine. Um, did the four three the the ratio thing throw you off at first? Um, but then after a while, I kind of just didn't didn't realize it was there. That was a surprise. Like, they should, I mean, I think they announced that it was going to be four three, but like I started I started it up. Like here we go, man. And then like this movie is in four three to to maintain the creator's vision. I'm like, oh, but um, I, I guess it's because it's all shot in IMAX and it was meant to be seen on that. I, that's what I gathered. Um, but yeah, you, you you kind of ignore it after a while. Yeah, it's I odd. I haven't seen an IMAX movie since like like Force Awakens. Honestly, oh, I saw I saw Spider Man Homecoming in IMAX 3D, and it was bonkers. The, the Washington Monument sequence, I was like dizzy and sick to my stomach. It was nuts. Yeah, because like, like all, all those shots of like over his shoulder, like down the Washington Monument, I'm like, like, Ugh. it got really crazy. It's cool though. But uh, <laughs> you know, one of those things that you know when when Batman, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Superman first came back, and he sees Lois <laughs> Lane for the first time. Uh huh. Yes, of course, who's been mourning? <laughs> yeah. The loss of the loss of there it is. Love. You know, one thing I imagine. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite part. This is my favorite part of every one of these episodes. What okay, so what yeah, when when Superman comes back and Lois has been mourning, yeah. Uh one thing I can imagine that he would mm-hmm. probably say to her is after giving her a hug, he could look her in the eye and say, Lois, no more tears. <gasps> Here we go!
So Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears. Ozzy's No More Tears from the good year of 1991. Yeah. I, I noticed on the a wiki, some of it was recorded in 89. I almost got upset, but it's fine. Oh, really? <laughs> And I'm fucking with it. Threw it out. Like. <laughs> um, there are some hits on this album, man. This this one this this one rocks. I didn't know he had so many solo stuff. I, I knew you know I, I'm a uh, Sabbath, right? I'm, I'm a I'm a Sabbath fan, of course. Yeah. Um, but like I, he's got a bunch of solo stuff. Yeah, this was his sixth solo album, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Um, and not as not his last either, right? No, I. He, he did one as recently as 2000, was 2019, uh, which was really, really? yeah, it's, it was produced by like Post Malone's producer and oh. his backing band was Post Mal- the producer, um, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses on bass uh-huh. and Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers on drums. Uh-huh. Okay. And if you get a chance to listen to this album, I couldn't recommend it more. Like it, it it's really good. <laughs> the, the 2019 one? Uh huh. It's called a. Uh, it's called Ordinary Man. All right, all right. And the, the title track he does with Elton John. It... The, the, okay, that's wait, really? Yeah. Because that's crazy. Because the one thing I was thinking while listening to this album, which I enjoyed, by the way. Awesome. And I'll get that out of the way. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy. Because there's there's some hits on here, man. But it's. But his his voice is so bonkers, and it's odd to hear him over these. And I wrote down like Elton John esque piano ballad stuff, because he's not he's not much he's not like a a crooner, right? Like he's not a um, you know he's not a Elton John battling pianos, Billy Joel kind of dude. But like uh, it still works. Like the melodies are off the chain. Absolutely, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Ozzy's. I guess like a voice is an instrument and Ozzy's instrument is kind of like, it, there's, there's nothing else like it, you know? Um, and it's, it's totally his own. And it, I think it really does shine on this record. This is just off the bat, like, uh, I don't want to change the world. Like, I mean, which I think won a Grammy for best metal performance or something like that. Uh, uh-huh. What, one of my all-time favorite. It's that, it's that opening note, and it's like, dun 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 dun. dun and he goes, ugh, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't want to change the world, and I don't want the world to change me. Right? Is yeah. that what the line is? Um, yeah. Uh, I had never heard it before, Doug. But, uh, very much Doug. Um, awesome. Um, a lot of cool synth pads in here, and uh, on this album, like a lot of cool synth. Um, you know, it's like. Just tones and, li- and lines and all that, yeah. Yeah, like especially on the title track. Um, so I, I always, I just like believe that like Ozzy's, Ozzy's albums are only as successful as like their guitarists playing on them. Mm-hmm. Ozzy's always defined by like his side, his side man, which is a lead guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after he was fired from Black Sabbath, was he fired? Yeah, he was he was he was let go um, because of X, Y, and Z. I can assume. Yeah, he just kind of kind of was just out of control, you know. Yeah. And uh, there are stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was paired with one of my favorite musicians of all time, uh, Randy Rhodes. 
Um, and Randy was this LA guitar player who is just a virtuoso. He was really one of the first to like combine like classical guitar into like metal guitar. And mm-hmm. it, it's not unusual to hear Randy Rhodes in the same breath as like Eddie Van Halen. I was th- I was hearing a lot of Van Halen in, on this one too. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, Randy passed away after Ozzy's second album. Mm. And then he got paired up with a guitarist named Jake E. Lee. And as a young guitarist who loved Ozzy Osbourne, knowing that he had a guitar player named Jake was just like the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) How about that? And then after Jake, Jake played on uh, Bark at the Moon, you know, uh, he came out in the werewolf costume. I'm not familiar. If we ever do like Sip Mimo's 80s 80s version, we're rocking Bark at the Moon. Um, and then then came Zach Wilde, who's this kind of like country metal guitarist. You know, did you hear like, especially on like "Mama, I'm Coming Home"? Did you hear that, that kind of like yeah, a little, little little twang to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, production's nuts. Um, I think I feel like I say that every episode on these albums, but uh, um, th- there's a lot of fade outs, which I didn't really care for. <laughs> o- Ozzy's guilty of doing a lot of fade outs. That's just kind of. I'm sure that was just the style or whatever uh, in that world. Um, what was the, so 91, right? Mm-hmm. What was the state of metal in 91? Because are we, we're not quite to, we're not to grunge, we're not to new metal, we're not there yet, but. Well, it, so we, I was thinking about, we can talk about this, but 91 is actually the year Nevermind came out. Oh, okay. And I was, I was thinking we could do we could maybe do like a special episode to talk about Nevermind. Sure. Um, That's a big one. But, um... So this came out the same year as Nevermind. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Um... But are Guns N' Roses still a big thing right now? Like, yeah. Guns N' Roses came out with Use Your Illusion 1 in 91. Okay. Um, it, it looks like it was a good time to be a metalhead. I'm on the old Google right now. So wait, Nevermind came out the same year as Black Album. Isn't that insane? So it was like a real, it was like a real battle of uh, which way rock is going to go kind of year. Yeah. How about that? Soundgarden put out uh, Bad Motorfinger that year. Bad Motorfinger is that album one? That's not Black Hole Sun. Right? That's one with Rusty Cage. You look, you look at Ozzy and, and you see him, and you see that he, you know, Black Sabbath came from Birmingham, which is this industrial, working class city. You know, and you look at him and you see that he really came from, you know, very, very like poor background, you know, but he was able to like have a hand in creating this like genre of music that, you know, and you look at him and you hear him, you say like, oh, you know, I can play metal, you know, like I can be a metal superstar. And I think it was, it's it's just kind of like that everyman quality that um, I feel comfortable in comparing him to like like a Bruce Springsteen because I mean no one re- no one ever accused Bruce of being a good singer you know huh. iconic you know for what he does but not like the best singer and I think it's just the way that artists like Bruce and Ozzy have the ability to connect with their listeners and just be on their level and I think that's why and I think that's why Ozzy has had the career that he's had that he's just I think that connection he has with his fans is really something profound. Um, yeah. 
and it, he, he certainly had his struggles. This was, so 1991, uh, so remember in like 82, that's when Ozzy uh, peed on the Alamo Cenotaph in San Antonio. And, you know, and so he, he had kind of pulled himself up from this like party animal, you know, persona and e- eating bats and snorting ants and shit. Right? Yeah, exactly. Boy, oh boy. And yeah. at this time, I think he had started cleaning himself. Like, I think he was sober now by this point. And if you look at him from this era, his, he looks, he looks healthy. He looks good. I mean, that's him on the cover, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, damn, he was handsome. I'm like, all right. Ozzy was a good looking dude. Like, I see you, Ozzy. What's up? Uh, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm super glad you enjoyed this. This was, yeah. Just, just reading about it. Um, uh, let me, let me, uh, Kilmster, Kill, uh, might, and I might be pronouncing his last name, and I apologize. Um, he actually co wrote a lot of songs on this one. That's not Motorhead Lemmy, is it? Yeah. Oh, how about that? Look, I, I know, I know what things are. What a what a character, you know, and just the, yeah. you know, and just knowing that he, knowing that he uh, had a hand in working on this album, just really really cool. And like I said, I used to be obsessed with Ozzy growing up, and my mom, you know, bought me a a documentary that came out around the release of this album. Um, so it's like half promote, half album promotion, half like documentary about Ozzy. And there's like one point where he's he's talking to like his co-writer, and this guy's just like very it's like kind of interesting dude. And he's just like, so Ozzy, I was thinking, um, you know, I was reading this book, and uh, it was called Ladders to Fire. And Ozzy goes, Ladders to Fire, and he goes, Yeah, Ladders to Fire. And I was thinking that would be a great song, you know, like because you know how there's there's the stairway to heaven. But what if we wrote a song called Ladders to Fire and it's, you know, down there? And Ozzy goes, Ladders to Fire. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, Ladders to Fire. And, he, and Ozzy just like walks off. He doesn't say anything. And he's just like, keeps on muttering to himself. And he's like, Ladders to Fire. Ladders to Fire. You do a good Ozzy. That was good. <laughs> well, that's decades later, Ozzy. <laughs> When the phone rings, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Anyways, last time. <laughs> what was, what was your, had you ever, have you ever listened to, to Ozzy or, or? I mean, I was sure. And I've heard, you know, uh, plenty of these tunes before, like the big hits and all that. Like, man, there's like, several, like, but huge tunes in here. Um, And yeah, and, uh, you know, I've done a, you know, I think I did a, deep dive into Sabbath, you know, when I was also like diving into ACDC, I just liked the, uh, you know, those, just the riffs. I was looking for like those repetitive riffs and all that, which ACDC is perfect at. And then like, um, and you know, I, I was never like huge into like the, um, Aussie, you know, vocals and all that, but, um, but the riffs were always great. And like the Sabbath stuff was great. And to the point where when, uh, uh I think senior year of, high school we had a battle of bands and me and uh a couple of buddies of mine just put together just put together a band real quick but we had you know keyboards and turntables and stuff like that and we did a cover of crazy train oh nice i wonder if i could find that um that'd be fun uh but but yeah absolutely put on the gram 
uh, um, but it was, you know, it was like no, no vocals. We just like, uh, did the, 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 you know, the, the riff and then we just like throw beats over it and all that it was, that was fun as hell. Uh, no more tears is uh, amazing. I really like um, Desire. Desire's good, dude. That's really good. I had never heard that one before. I'm like, this one kind of kicks ass. Um, and like, you know, I love the synth pads, uh, and I think that that's how we can connect to to the other album. You know, uh, Zombie Stomp might be the best title of a song ever. Like, that's the t- <laughs> everyone do the Zombie Stomp. Like, that's like, <laughs> come on. If, I don't know why there's not like a famous dance <laughs> named after that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I, um, I dug, I dug the album, man. And then it's cool, cool shit. And um, uh, it, it seems like he's trying to say something, you know, no more tears. And like, um, there seems like there's an element of, you know, he mentions it, especially with the opening track, Mr. Whatever the hell it was and all that, like uh, kids, you want some candy and shit. And then like, like who is the real stranger? You know, that seems to be like the, the, the you know the the message he's trying to say like like you know um i forget what track it is but he's like didn't your mother ever tell you that you know not to talk to strangers now look in the mirror look in the mirror do you feel like that your life is in danger because like he's looking in the mirror and like he's a stranger himself like it sounds like he's going through a, entering a new chapter in his life and i think that's that's very interesting and like i've never considered him quite the lyricist but oh boy the poetry is right there there's and the cool thing is that he co-writes all those things. And, uh, and so there's some really, like, um, really, like, profound stuff. Like, one of my favorites is Road to Nowhere. Yeah. And uh, what is it like? I've been... I was looking back on my life and all the things I've done to me. I'm still looking for the answers. I'm still searching for the key. You know, like, that, that could be, like, a country song, you know? And I... Yeah. And just, I mean, of course, you bring in like Zach Wilde's like redonkulous guitar, and it's just there's a certain like country storytelling sensibility going on here. That's that's I never thought I would never think of you know Ozzy as the storyteller, but how about that? Mostly yeah. because he can't speak these days. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's still around, him. right? Is he still with us? Yes, Ozzy. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna say it now, he's gonna die tomorrow. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh no no, but no. I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed this one, man. This was yeah. I know I've talked about it before, but I'm, I just finished my thesis on heavy metal in the history of heavy metal in San Antonio, and Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath had a very big hand in that. So it was very exciting to to listen to this album and, and discuss it for a little bit. So absolutely, man. Congratulations, I, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> are you are you gonna be able to put your thesis up online somewhere so the listeners can check it out? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, that that would that would be really cool. It, it's going to be on the on my school's website, so um, we'll definitely post it on like a story or something. And oh, you better, man. Yeah.
But, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. What did you bring to the table today? Um, you know, I, uh, when we chose our albums the last time we recorded, I was a little nervous because I'm like, how are these albums going to go together? Um, but sure enough, there's always, you know, we are we are contrasting as well as comparing, and all this, all the you know, beautiful synth pads and uh, no more tears like correlate quite well, and also um, on the track no more tears it, it kind of breaks down and goes into two different parts there's like movements in it which i really dug and it i think reminds me a lot of orbitals insides here we go so. orbital insides from 1996 yes jake what did you think of orbitals insides well you know it reminded me a lot of another um album that we listened to uh, earlier this year, um, by an artist named BT, and the okay. yeah, ESCM, uh, mm -hmm. Electric Sky Music. No, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got it. I nailed it. Yes. Uh, is, it, is it Sky Sky Church music? Church I think. Music. Yeah. Um, synth. A lot of synths on this one. Yes. Very very synth, which I like. Um, mm -hmm. I, and I and I think because. I think I, I, I'm drawn to synths because I've, I've always, I love, I grew up playing piano and I've always been very into like synthesizers and, um, you know, electronic pop music from the 80s. I just, I, I'm fascinated by it because there's, it's, it's truly an art form. And to be able to go in there and manipulate a keyboard to get these type of sounds, it's just, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And when someone does it well, like orbital it's just it's very inspiring and i have a synth and there are so many knobs that i just i've never bothered with that didn't say <laughs> you know because i like oh. don't know what what they do you know um but no it was it was neat it um oh you didn't like it did you no it was cool like uh neat no <laughs> maybe needs the maybe needs the wrong word um <laughs> It, it like it made me think more mm, okay about the about the songs like um like one song in particular yes please uh, uh out out there somewhere part two. Oh boy yeah like i when i say makes me think like i mean like you know because you know we've you know we've listened to music you know for you know our entire lives and you think you you, you, hear, you hear like um you hear like a note and you you're, you're thinking like oh i know where this i have an idea where this is gonna go but mm. orbital more times than not proved me wrong on that and I'm, oh i love that that was they, they, they maybe they went like a minor instead of like a major and it caught oh. me it kind of caught me and i was like oh oh shoot okay um so that's what I mean when I say it was neat. Like, not like, oh, that's mm, that's neat. Your pup, the puppet show is neat. No, um, <laughs> no, but, but that's that's what I mean when I say neat. Like, not like a negative neat, you know, as there is certainly a negative neat. But one neat. that like, kind of like kept me on my toes while listening to it, you know, <laughs> uh, made me like, oh, okay, like, you know, I, I, you know, maybe I should throw out any any like thing I have. Anything I had in mind, I would be like, okay, like this guy proved me, or, or I don't know too much about this artist. Uh, 
but right well, i think it, it, you're you were saying a bit like it, it, the music either um uh deserves your full attention or it can be on in the background because there is this it is kind of an ambient techno record so it can be Fair. and they and they really let these tracks breathe i mean they're quite long um when you're kind of meant to be enveloped in them and you can sit there and listen and be like oh wow they did something very unexpected there and they changed it up there and all this uh, you know uh so you can you can really absorb uh into it, it you know uh it is but it might be a good album to put on uh, whatever when you're high as shit and uh because it's it's, it's it's quite calming but also it could get kind of scary with the out there somewhere tracks um It'll get a little uh, intense in, in, uh, with uh, the box one and two. Um, so Orbital is um, a pair of brothers, Paul and Phil Hartnell. Um, they're from Kent, I believe. They're named Orbital after um, a highway in, I think, London or whatever, called the M25 or whatever. It's just got a big loop. And they would take it, they would use that um, loop, that Orbital, to get to, um, you know, raves and stuff like that and clubs and, and play out. And so they're known for this you know, wild ambient techno with a lot of synth and a lot of melody and a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, improvisation in their live shows. They don't DJ. They just, they, they bring their gear out um, and they're kind of, they're always, they always has a little element of improvisation. Uh, these two brothers, they um, famously wear these cool little uh, headlights on the side of their heads. Um, you know, that, that kind of became their thing in the same way that like Daft Punk has their helmets, Dead Mouse has his big fucking head, Orbital's got the little head mounted lights so they can see their boards and all that. Cause they're doing stuff up there. They're not pushing play, they're moving stuff around, they're playing things. So um, just as there are like 47 different um, uh, formats of the album insides, you know, depending on what, uh, what label it moved to or what you know, reissue it is, or what edition it is, what vinyl or, or CD or tape or whatever the hell. Um, so is every song of theirs is kind of an idea, and every time they play it, it's a little bit different. Uh, really hoping you were able to find is the 1997 UK bonus disc with with a, a few tracks on there, including the the Saint, the Sinner, Satan, Satan Live, and Halcyon Live. Um, so I, I was, I guess. I don't know, 11? Um, and like, I, w I, w I was really into this album and, uh, and it kind of blew my mind. And uh, I played, I was, I was in like the car with my mom and I played um, Satan live. Um, and we know Satan from, I think it was on the Spawn soundtrack, right? Um, uh, there was uh, a version of Satan with Kirk Hammett on it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Kirk Hammett from Metallica? Yeah, of course. No, the different Kirk Hammett. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll play that under this and I'll send you a link. Um, uh, by the way, if you see your mom this weekend, be sure and tell her, Satan, 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 Satan. And it cuts to them. <laughs> um, and I was playing it for my mom because I thought it was neat. <laughs> and she like, it was one of those times when like, oh my God, I'm in trouble because mom just slammed on the brakes in the, in the minivan. And she flipped the fuck out. Um, <laughs> she was like, wait till your dad gets home. Um, of course, neither didn't bother to finish the tune um, or figure out what this band is. Um, we were told to destroy the album. <laughs> we were, my father said it was music of the enemy. Uh, 
That's a good name for an album. Music of the Enemy? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm into that. Um, but, but like, you know, our, our you know, dad yelled at us, uh, my brother and I, and my brother was super pissed at me. He's like, do this, like, an awesome album. Like, don't fuck this up. And then they never really followed up with it. I don't know. I think my dad was like, mm, quote, throw it away, quote. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. And I was like, whew. <laughs> and so we never threw it away. We just kind of kept it. But, it. but then, you know, we got our disc commands and just, that was how we listened to music for the rest of our, our years at home. Um, uh, <laughs> but the album is a, it's ethereal and beautiful and, uh, and interesting and like uh, they're you know playing vocals in reverse they're finding weird samples they're exploring like ideas and stuff like that uh, and all with these like amazing synth pads and um, you know melodies and all that the the bonus disc that I really hoped you were able to track down were you able to? I was not the only one I had was the was the live version of Halcyon Halcyon. Did you listen to it? I did. Kind of came, kind of. So listening to the album, which, like I was saying, is you know, is primarily like synth driven. When they yes. jump to the, you know, uh, John Bon Jovi Belinda Carlisle mashup, I was like, that totally caught me off guard. On certain on a certain release of Insights, there's a bonus disc, and it, it, it uh, it's you know Satan, Satan Live, Saint the Sinner. Um, I think one more track, and then House Stand Live, and I think it's Wide Park or something like that. Um, and they're playing House Stand, which is probably their best track or their best known track. You know, it's been in a lot of flicks. It, it closes out Mean Girls. Um, it closes out Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. So these guys um, have been been you know kind of like throughout my pop culture obsessed life and I just didn't know it I just didn't realize it you've been an orbital fan all this time I think so <laughs> they've been and in my even know. And, and this performance that they recorded and put out there it all of a sudden just slams into <laughs> Bon Jovi and Belinda Carlisle um, and, the, and then they start um, they fade out the Bon Jovi and then start playing the Belinda Carlisle Heaven is a Place on Earth in reverse and then bring back in the Halcyon bass line and vocals and it's my favorite recorded performance of any song ever really it just it just absolutely is when I was a kid listening to that um and like getting into electronic music and like I'm like I think this is you know my kind of music it's repetitive and it, it makes sense on my little weird uh, spectrumy ADD child brain um and uh like this song this track i was like does this count as a song you're allowed to do this it was like an early example of like what sampling was and like this counts as a song though this counts as a song and it blew my goddamn mind it's been uh ever present on like mixtapes i've made all through the years it is just transcendent and beautiful and and it rocks out and there's a beautiful like really live tambourine element to it the tambourine. I could talk about the tambourine. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. I don't know. I think it's fantastic. It, it was. It, it reminded me uh, when we talked about. I mentioned BT. Uh, you sent yeah. right after we recorded. You sent me. I think it may have been a, a European only 
release track, the Lullabies for Gaia. Yeah, Lullabies for Gaia, yeah, yeah. Gaia. And I said, if that was on the album that was on where I was streaming it, that would have been my favorite song. Yeah. Uh, and when you sent me the live version of Halcyon, I, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, had this been on there, this would have been my favorite, uh, my, my favorite song on the track. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's fucking fantastic. Oh my god. So this was your overall is pretty formative for your electronic takes in electronic music. Yeah, it was. It, it kind of built the um, foundation for what this is like. Um, pure electronica. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no like, oh, it's this form of dance. It's, it's this form of trance. It's not. It's not. It's not quite techno. It's not quite. It's not house. It's not trance. It's not breakbeat. It's not drum and bass. It's just electronic music. And it's. Um, it's. I guess perhaps it's like the you know closest to craftwork. I, I might bring up and stuff like that. So meaning, if, if we consider craftwork like the beginning of this sort of thing, then orbital is like you know one of the next stages of it. And then that kind of laid down the foundation foundation in my head of what electronic music was so one of the when we talked about portishead mm -hmm. we talked about the bristol sound um it was like portishead and massive attack is is there a kent sound that orbital is part of is this are there other uh, notable artists that you can think of from kent or are they i don't know who their peers would be um i, I don't know about uh, electronic music from kent necessarily I know that they toured with Moby for a bit, and I could and I, I could see how that that'd be a great tour. I think that was just kind of also like mid '90s happenstance because Moby was blowing up with "Everything Is Wrong," and then um, these guys were blowing up with this album and everything, and these kind of ended up on a tour together, and they, and they said Moby was a prick. <laughs> like they didn't like him at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, these guys are like, uh, I don't know who they're they just kind, of like, kind of like a league of their own kind of thing. Yeah, they're kind of their own thing. I mean, yeah, I suppose they are. I mean, I'm sure you could, you know, listeners could compare, you know, other guys from the era, like perhaps the orb, which is another duo that do like a lot of like weird ethereal stuff. And they're, they're, they're named very similarly, but, you know, but, um, these guys are not prodigy. You know, they're not rock and roll. They're not Daft Punk. They're not quite dance music. They're not, uh, you know, I could see him opening up for Chemical Brothers or something like that because of just, just because of the melodies and the uh, kind of euphoria of it all. But um, they're kind of doing their own thing. Yeah, I, I heard a lot of BT, uh, especially if there was like some acoustic guitar um, in certain parts of the album. That, that's what made me think of BT. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was The Box. The box, the box part two. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of the songs kind of reminded me. They were very like, um, like, um, like dramatic sounding songs. Like if they would have been dropped into, um, and I think I may have like made this comparison before, but maybe it's just because it's so iconic. Uh, but like, it's very like espionage. Very like almost James Bond in, in a lot of ways. Like if they were to like, to score like a Bond movie, I think they would just absolutely crush it. Cause it's very like, very cinematic. 
um, there's a very cinematic quality to their music. What are you laughing at? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm giggling because I, I got you. Um, on the bonus disc uh, that includes uh, Satan Live and Halcyon Live, the, the track that I sent you, because I had, I had to make sure you had listened to that at least with the Bon Jovi and everything, um, which also connects us to Ozzy a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a track called The Saint on there and a track called The Sinner, which is a companion piece to The Saint. And The Saint was written for the movie The Saint with Val Kilmer. Okay. Which is a, which is about like spies and espionage and all that, and so they they go full on uh, James Bondy with it, absolutely, yeah. And I guess in regards to like the BT thing, BT is like you know there's one guy and he's like a, you call him, you might say a maximal producer, like he's you know we I think we touched on him being kind of a show off, like look at all this, look how look at how much I know how to do this, I know how to record everything, oh my god, ah, ah, ah. I'm gonna throw everything into this song. These guys are a little bit more on the minimal side, like. Let's strip down and like we're just gonna like we're gonna start with a heartbeat. Like, whoop, whoop. Let's start with that orbital. That whoop, whoop. What's, what's a what is a rhythm really? And we're gonna build slowly off that. And that yeah, that opening track, um, "Girl with the Girl, Girl with the Sun in Her Head." It starts oh, off. Oh my yeah. Whoop, whoop. Yes. So we have very loud upstores uh, upstores. Sipping mimos. Sipping mimos. And we have very loud upstairs neighbors who like, who like walk very heavy. And so when I put that, I had it on my speaker um, while I was working today and heard that boom, I was like, these mother, oh. Oh, you and thought it was? And then I quickly realized it was a song. <laughs> wow, that's great. And then for once I was not mad. And I was like, okay, that, that's, I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> So um, yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of these songs like are, are they come from like a place of like a pain that the brothers are going through. Halcyon is about their mother being in ho being hospitalized. Um, Girl with the sun in her head is about a photographer friend that they knew that passed. Um, so they like they compose these pieces and send some of their best work is out of out of pain and, and loss, and they they're able to transform that into something. I don't know. I think it's fantastic. So this, this album was very important to me. Uh, do, do you think we'll give it another go? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, um, I texted in like the in our like mini unintended break. Uh, I texted Elliot and um, told him about another album we talked we, we talked about recently, DJ Shadows uh, introducing. I actually was mm -hmm. fortunate to find a copy of it on vinyl. Yeah. And, while working on my paper, I definitely threw that on and it was just kind of like was something to vibe out to while while focusing on on a project. And I can certainly see, you know, Orbital um, being in that being in that carriage, something I can something I could turn on, but also like give it give it that respect it deserves, you know, because they certainly deserve it and they certainly kept me on my toes while listening to this one and and i'm excited to listen to it because i love delay i noticed a lot of delay on on mm. this record um when i would make electronic music one of my favorite things to do was i had a midi pad i guess i still do oh man i can't wait to be done with school uh, <laughs> uh i had a midi pad and i would assign like a synthesizer keys to like a pad and I would play a synthesizer like you would like a drum pattern. Mm -hmm. 
that was like that was my favorite thing to do and and i heard i don't know if they do that same technique um and that was yeah. one of my favorite things and i heard a lot of that i don't know if they do that same technique um if they did that same technique but it was it was really cool especially because so so much of the music i enjoy listening to is synth driven and and this was just filled to the brim so awesome fantastic recommend awesome cool man yeah um this album's you know huge for me formative i guess you'd say and like these guys ended up being like and they've like you know over the years broken up and got back together and blah 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 but they were always big uh like festival headliner favorites like uh, especially like you know across the pond i suppose and like because they put on a great show and like uh you know i mean you listen to that house live people are just losing their goddamn minds so i mean they're a fun fun uh fun group to go check out um but no i i thought it was a solid recommend and it made it solid recommend absolutely <laughs> it didn't it didn't change your life damn it jake I'm sorry. I told you last time we recorded, I'm like, if you don't like this one, I swear to God. <laughs> it was off. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> no, it was, it, 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 it was a great record and made even greater by the fact that I, I, now that I know how much it meant to you. So, oh, thanks, man. Of course. Um, but yeah, well, do you have an idea of what we're going to talk about next time? Well, I've got my list. I think you should go first. Okay. So I was thinking about, I was looking back at our, my, my list of, of artists we've talked about. Um, mm-hmm. And in my, I don't mean to keep on, bringing up my project but it's kind of all i've been thinking about like for the past like oh years. no worries man Come uh rock music especially mm-hmm. heavy metal uh yeah. driven by it's 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 unfortunately because there's an incredible amount of you know um diverse artists often men in the rock genre get the get that spotlight get that recognition when there are so many uh women rockers that deserve it you know oh yeah so i was thinking about uh thinking about going with a a female fronted band this one i have so many memories of listening to this record uh at all points of my life and it's it's um the artist has gone on to do so many amazing things I've wanted to talk about this record for a super long time. It's one of my favorite. It incorporates a lot of Elliot's uh, influences and oh. uh, electronic European style. Um, I've mentioned it before on the pod, and I'd like to welcome formally Madonna. Oh, God. With 1998's Ray of Light. Is this allowed? <laughs> is this allowed? Madonna is totally a rock star. <laughs> and you, you, you come at me with Madonna, bro? Have you ever jammed uh, Ray of Light? Yeah, I know the song. The album? Like, the album? Wait, so you're going dance music at, at me? You're coming at me with dance music. 
It's not full-blown dance music. <laughs> it's not radio rock. Would you call it that? What am I uh, supposed to do now? <laughs> just keep keep an eye out for Frozen. That's that's my I remember favorite. Frozen. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited to hear as well, an electronic as electronic musicologist, I'm excited to hear what you think about this record. Uh it's it's quite well produced by because it's produced by William Orbit. I already know this, so there you go, schooled. Um, okay. <laughs> um, all right. Since you're doing, wow, I did not expect that. You know, like, since I've been listening to so much metal, uh, Madonna. Ah, uh, shit. Um, let's see. I got my little list and all that. It was a toss up between Share Madonna and No Doubt. Uh, with Share. It would have been shares believe. You just want to go full dance with it, don't you? Because are these the albums that you know I would I would never ever pick? Hmm? These three. These dance out. Okay. <laughs> Every time I'm googling like, uh, like you know, electronic slash dance music from the '90s, like Madonna keeps on popping up. I'm like, Ugh. but I. <laughs> I'm excited to hear because there Ray of Light is like her, is her like rebirth. It's. Mm-hmm. Like Madonna reintroducing herself to the 21st century. I'm so excited for this. Okay. Well, all right. You know what? Okay, cool. Well, that, well now, since we got, uh, we're doing Madonna and I got um, insides out of the way, we're going to go, we're going to take a little trip to Vegas. An album called Vegas by another duo, of course, The Crystal Method. Ooh. Yeah, we're doing it. The the band I thought was the Blade Band for yes. like twenty years. Well, you know what it is. There's a song on the album Vegas called "Keep Hope Alive," or or it goes you know, or whatever. Um, and it sounds very much like that. It has a <laughs> but the Blade um, song is a New Order song, right? It's a New Order. It's a remix of New Order's "Confusion" by the Pump Panel. See, I, I but Crystal Method famously did. The name of the game, which it is a song called "Name of the Game," which appeared which is, in Blade Two when he was fighting the vampire at the end. He then he put the vampire in like a suplex. Blade Two is fantastic, but that's that was just kind of silly. And <laughs> it is saved. It is so. I have Crystal Method is on uh, um, Vegas is on Crystal Method's popular releases, of course. Don't bother with any uh, bonus super editions or whatever. Just get the OG Vegas. Uh, just confirmed. Uh, Ray of Light is not on Madonna's popular releases. But you know what? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, okay. we'll have to dive into the whole uh, discography of Madonna to talk about why Ray of Light was interesting, right? So we're gonna be sipping. We're gonna be sipping Mimos rest of 2021 is just going to dedicate it to madonna's discography <laughs> okay uh, but i madonna, <laughs> madonna versus crystal method all right i'm there for it that's gonna be a fun one two 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 artists i imagine have very rarely been spoken in the same title uh but i am that's why that's the one thing well one thing amongst many that i love about this project is that we can we can take you know <laughs> Sugar Ray and the Prodigy and make an episode about it. It's my favorite thing ever. It's pretty cool. (laughs) But uh, until next time. Yes. 
uh, give us remember to give us a follow on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you subscribe. like, subscribe. Subscribe uh, if you can. Uh, sh- uh, give us a good rating. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, yeah. Give us some ideas. You know, um, I came this close to doing Jules' pieces of you. It's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, and what do I have? Um, I- I'm like, I'm like pleasure delaying over here i've got a whole list of stuff i can't wait to touch you um i updated my list today (laughs) really i'm really we we will get to moby at a certain point but it won't be it won't be the album you think it is (laughs) and and i'm really psyched to i really want you to listen to um maybe when it when when it's really warm out we'll do uh armando van helden i think you'll dig in that i so would you would you end the podcast if I made you listen to LFO uh, in the summertime? <laughs> I wouldn't end the podcast. I'd be upset. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, Jake. That's all. <laughs> all right, maybe I'll hold back on the LFO. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no. Come, come correct and come real. <laughs> we, we, keep, we keep it real on Sipping Mimos. Keeping it real. Always. Br- bringing it back to Chappelle. Um, yeah. But uh, Instagram, Sipping Mimos Pod, uh, give us a follow and uh, yeah, see you out there in the interwebs. Uh, listen to Orbital and Ozzy. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've started saying stay sipping. I like, I like it. it. I like it. I like I, it. I, I, I think it's my thing. Should we do like a, and for Sipping Mimos, I'm Elliot. I'm, I'm drinking. Well, stay sipping together. <laughs> Is that too cheesy? I like that. Okay. Well, well thanks for listening. And uh, hey, for Sipping Mimos, I'm Elliot. And I'm Jake. Stay hey, sipping. Stay sipping. Stay sipping. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work it. that out. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll figure it out. Do, do, do. Do, do. All right. <laughs>